Hey sisters, welcome to Let's Sign Diet with your two favourite nutritionists. I'm Lily. And I'm Laura. And we're here to cut through the BS of diet culture and teach you how to nourish your body and fall in love with food. Welcome to episode seven of the Let's Undiet podcast. During this episode, we are chatting with one of our good friends who also happens to be an amazing psychologist and she goes by the name of Kobe Allison. So during this episode, we will be covering so much, both for the person that's suffering with an eating disorder as well as their network. So here we'll be speaking about the different types of eating disorders how they are characterized and the number one cause of eating disorders, how to support someone with an eating disorder and also what other help is available for the patient and their support network. So before we begin, we would like to reinforce that this information is based on our personal journeys. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered health advice, nor is intended to replace professional medical advice. So if you are struggling with an eating disorder, we highly encourage you to reach out to Kobe's team at modernminds.com.au to seek individualized support. And here, her team of qualified psychologists and counsellors can support you and your individual needs. Alrighty, so who is Kobe? Kobe holds four degrees in psychology. Amazing, right? She has a Master of Psychology in clinical practice, a Master of Applied Psychology in counselling, and a Bachelor of Psychology with honours. Honestly, she is one force to be reckoned with, yet the most gentle soul you will probably ever meet. Kobe's approach to counselling is definitely gentle and compassionate. She's curious and she gently challenges the client but she's attuned to what is happening for the client in the present moment. Kobe is also the founder of Modern Minds, which is a multimodality clinic that delivers a modern approach to mental health care. So here, Kobe leads a team of psychologists, counsellors, hypnotherapists and nutritionists. And they practice from Colwell Place in Brisbane, which is in Windsor. Or you can also speak to them online, which is honestly amazing and one of the best things that has come out of COVID. So you can connect with Kobe on socials by Instagram at Kobe Allison Psychology, and that's double L for Allison, and at modernminds.com.au. So to learn more about Kobe's services and her incredible team at Modern Minds, simply head at their website which is www.modernminds.com.au. I'd also like to jump in and just mention that the audio was a little bit challenging at times as Kobe lives in Coolum and I was at the Gold Coast. So it's amazing that we can have these conversations from afar, but I just want to say just bear with us. We're working on it and um, yeah, we're doing the best that we can. So I hope that you gain a lot from this chat. There'll be lots and lots more coming of this nature and we can't wait to share it with you. Hello, Kobe, and welcome to the Let's Undiet podcast. We are honestly so thrilled to have the opportunity to be able to share this conversation with you and obviously our listeners. 
So to kick th- kick start things, um, we always like to start our podcast with a personal win of the week. And we like to do this to kind of keep things real because the world of social media, we can get so caught up in everyone's highlight reel. So it's kind of nice to see the challenges that we've gone through and then reflect on it and how we've kind of overcome them. So to lead the way, I'll share my personal win of the week, um, which is probably... Even this morning, I had planned to go to actually to a hot yoga class and I have just been so exhausted and I thought it would be more beneficial, I guess, living in sync with my menstrual cycle as well. Um, I just took my dog and went for a coffee this morning and sat in the sunshine. And as you know, that's a big thing for me yeah. to do. So, yeah. yeah, that's those little wins, you know, often such big wins. Um, and it's nice to kind of reflect on that. So what about you? How's your week been and what have you kind of overcome this week? Um, absolutely. I re- really resonate with that about, I think, really turning a page and we're turning a page, you and I, at a similar time mm. of really honouring our instincts um, yep. and whether that be something like I won't go to the gym today and I'll, I'll do this instead, like where it's so interesting to be going through this um, with a friend where you're really just in such alignment to your instinct Mm. and making choices from that place. Um, So mine this week would be, I always try, like I always endeavour, but I'm a human, so I'm not perfect, but I always Mm -hmm. endeavour to live from a place of love. And Mm what I also being someone who feels experiences the world in a deep way and and, Mm. um, experiences feelings deeply I've been learning to practice indifference so the opposite of love is indifference that's its Mm -hmm. true opposite and so just when things come up and maybe you know they they're not what I'd hoped or they're not going to my plan just trying to practice indifference and that seems to be really helping to settle my nervous system and stay in that place of love but also allow Mm. myself to be human and not feel loving all the time but it gives me an anchor back Mm. I love that word anchor that's actually the card that we pulled in the last um, podcast and it's just such a beautiful analogy as well because it goes back to keeping you in that grounded state um and just like a you know a ship or you know, the waves come in um but if it's anchored it's able to kind of survive that turmoil i guess that's kind of going out there as well so having those tools um to anchor you is huge Alrighty, so um I'd like to kick things off by starting with what stoked your interest to become a psychologist and to especially work with those suffering from an eating disorder? Did it cut out? It did cut out. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I can, I can, I was like speaking and you said I wasn't sure if you were just being quiet. I'll edit it. It's so fine. Um, okay. So we'll start oh. with question one. Um, okay, so I love to start this podcast off with what stoked your interest to become a psychologist and especially to work 
who are suffering from an eating disorder? Um, I guess it so I just knew and um, I, yeah, I, I guess I've always been quite a spiritual person and it was just a knowing that that's what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always the person people came to at school. Um, I'd also gone through a lot in my young life and also had an eating disorder. It, yeah, having my, having gone through my own experience of an eating disorder, um, it just paved the way for this, uh, I don't know, deep longing to learn everything I possibly could about psychology. So my house is colour coordinated with so many psychology books, really, <laughs> or art books. Um, mm. And I'm just obsessed with psychology and the mind and personality and how our um, traumas can really lead um, behavioural manifestations of different things. It led to my trauma, led to an eating disorder, and then mm. led to this path of wanting to help myself and help other people recover. I think it's so powerful too when you can connect on so many different levels and it is just that deep knowing, right? I was the same with a, to be a nutritionist. You just, from a young age, and then my obviously my self-limiting beliefs mm-hmm. <laughs> and my own journey lent yep. me other ways, but I came, I came back to it and, yeah, it's just, it's not an easy path to go down, you know, the ways that we have and dealing with people and taking on their problems but when you're so attached to that deep knowing and that greater mission it um that just speaks volumes and it it comes across in your work as well you know like yeah it's um there's there's a lot of depth there and I guess it helps you on your own journey right like as we are we're we're all humans and we go through this human experience and being able to lean into um our academic study and apply that to our own life and help others is just so rewarding so absolutely I think I mean I think that's been the difference with my approach of psych is I'm very genuine and Mm. um don't ever want to be positioning myself as an expert or um above the experience of of being a human um Mm. because I've certainly been been a client Mm -hmm. and I think again it's like that thing with practitioners sometimes a client for example can put them on a pedestal and think that they've you know got all the answers and they're kind of immune to their own problems or whatever it may be and again it's just humanizing the whole experience it's just yeah it's it's not actually doing well in my opinion it's not actually doing the real work if you're kind of leading from that ego derived stage yep 100 percent building connection and rapport is just not possible. And I think as us as people, that is what drives us as we keep things real <laughs> and Absolutely. connection is built yeah. from that authenticity. So hundred percent. Very, very powerful. Um, so with that being said, how would you describe your approach to psychology and how would you say it also differs from the traditional approach? I believe I, I deeply believe that it's not what you know, it's who you are mm. and and that makes the person and that makes in this case the practitioner. Um, mm. it's also how I hire 
as well. I've never asked to see someone's transcript. I don't mm. care. Um, I do care about their values and, and hearing evidence of their values and um, hiring based on a values match. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with clients. We 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 want to make sure like we're um, a company that holds values that resonate with that client um, and vice versa. So as a person, I'm deeply introspective and um, focused on, on the inner work and looking at the inner work from all different perspectives. So that may be physical and different things that I do to work on my emotions through my physical self. It might be like surfing or, or running, um, yoga, and then uh, emotionally, um, at the moment, I'm doing some schema therapy, which I am just mm. frothing. <laughs> I don't know mm, any other. I'm just so that? excited about it. Yeah, tell us more about that. It's looking at your, your generally when someone has had deep trauma, it's looking at where what beliefs then were established in their psyche that are kind of, that have been driving their whole life. Mm, um, wow. So, yeah, I guess one. F- for me that I've really got to work through is around achievement and having this belief that I'm valued if I, if I achieve and I'll be Mm. loved if I achieved. Mm. Um, And, and unfortunately, unfortunately going into a psych program where it's very competitive um, and difficult, it just kind of fueled that belief um, that I just wasn't good enough unless I was achieving. So it's been nice to come out the other side of that and be working to undo all that mm-hmm. um, and know that I'm worthy. If I don't achieve one more thing for the rest of my life, I yeah. am already worthy. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I meant by it's the person, not that practitioner. It's when you can be so open to the work you need to do for yourself and then it provides this greater depth for them working with the beautiful people that you that cross your path and are meant to work with you and I think it goes back to practicing what you preach right like you're willing to kind of go to those depths yourself and I mean gosh if anyone says that they've all done the work then I don't believe I believe that there's always work to be done exactly or that they have all the answers or it's just Oh, it's just icky, and I think it's icky. It is yeah. icky. Yeah, it makes it me feel icky. uncomfortable. Same. I'm like, what are you hiding? Yeah, <laughs> it's simple. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's not us. And I think your holistic approach is something that, unfortunately, it's still. I mean, it's great. You're such a pioneer in this state, but the space, but it's still like evolving and I guess Mm. that's our mission is to really yeah I guess spread the word about modern mental health care like nutrition is just one lens and that's what I personally couldn't practice as a practitioner in that realm because I was like there's so much more to a person's health than just the food there's also the mindset like if you haven't Mm -hmm. got the mind and the mental health and the trauma you Mm -hmm. can't action uh, you know, a diet plan that someone's giving you, it has to be that synergy of practitioners, which is modern minds is all about. Um, 
so yeah it's a huge huge achievement that you you know established beautiful business um and being able to kind of showcase how people and practitioners can work together and I think it's still like a foreign thing it just blows my mind that not that many people are doing it it's like and again it comes back to really understanding people and coming from a place of love and not the ego and thinking that you know one person has the answer so I I think that's what you know it it I mean, we can both come both come from this perspective of where we have a humbleness. So we know that mm. we don't have all the answers that a person um, would need and we're okay with that. And mm. um, I guess, I mean, I can only speak for the training of psych, but I guess it did kind of, my, I can only talk to my, my experience, did feel like there was some elitism there. And I really wanted to move away from that and, and really just be humble in, no, like I've, I've read a lot and I've trained a lot. Um, I've got four degrees in it. Like I, I I definitely have done my, my, (laughs) my homework, but it's still a piece of the puzzle. A person is more than their psychology. Mm. Um, And, and a person is more than the nutrition and what they're putting into their body. So we Mm. really have to look, at a person as being the, the sum of all their parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's even, you know, as, as different psychologists and there's obviously catered to different people and I've always said even in my field there's definitely, I don't think as much as elitism as psychology, but it still was definitely there that people, were, even practitioners were competitive against each other and it's mm. like my experience and the way I connect with someone is completely different to how, you connect with someone like some of my best friends are nutritionists but I never see them as competition and it's about there's infinite people out there and we all need these tools to be the best versions of ourselves we we can't do it alone like life is as hard as it is yeah um it's a gift to be able to lean into other people and I think there's so much to be said in that space and it's just this competing nature it's just Again, where mm. is it coming from for that person? Mm. And then yep. breeding in these industries where we're supposed to be there to help. Yep, um, 100%. It's the opposite. And it drives, yeah, and, and it's it. like these personality types also can be more prone to eating disorders yep. and things like that because of yep. this control. Mm-hmm. And it's just a vicious cycle. So unrealizing yep. no. standards, mm-hmm. just... Um, I did a pa- I did a paper on it for for my last thesis, and it was the pers- personality characteristics of um, a post grad psych student, and wow. it, it it came out it was uh, they they were prone to being obsessive high achievers, mm. and yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just that's it's unfortunate because that's what's needed to mm. survive because it's like Darwinism, Darwinism mm. to survive in that course but that's not healthy in mm-hmm. when you're in it and that's certainly not healthy when you're practicing or a mm. way of living or being mm-hmm. um and it does drive a wedge because then these people who are your collaborator collaborate I can't say the word collaborators <laughs> um 
see, I'm so not perfect. Um, <laughs> ask, ask me to spell something. <laughs> um, they become your competition when you're in courses that are truly altruistic, you would hope by nature. It's, it's just mm. completely dumbfounding. Yeah, yeah. I can completely relate in the terms of even in our nutrition degree. By the end of it, everyone was so unhealthy because of the stress that they're put under during that degree. And what are you there? You're to help other people Uh with their health and your health is in compromise. And in my mind, nothing is worse that like you have to create your own boundaries around and identify again, like where is this push coming from? Um, Can I come at it a different way? It's just... And and it goes back to the world that we live in now. Like mm. social media, like you may see someone absolutely killing it in their business and posting all these, you know, these things kind of highlighting all of their wins. But for me, then I would see them in clinic and go, oh my gosh, well, their mental health is suffering. Their hormones are suffering. Their mm. gut is not happy. Um, but obviously they don't show that. So it's just to kind of bring mm-hmm. awareness, I think, to, yeah, just not whatever what you see from the outside isn't necessarily um the actual reality of a person it's um much more complex than that um but i building on i guess the characteristics so tell us um with an eating disorder um Mm -hmm. what are the types um yeah of eating disorders and how are they characterized like in a person there's I guess the that people are aware of are anorexia, are nervosa. Um, so that's what I lived with mm-hmm. um, for a long time. It's a, it's something I have to keep just an eye on. If I'm stressed, I'll I'll mm. generally you know stop eating, start having a coffee again for breakfast. Mm. So it's just something that I just have to look at mm. as a flag, um, bulimia, so where there is, there can be um, binging or not binging. Um, there's, there, or binge eating disorder on its own. Um, so they're the three main disorders, but there's other um, disorders that are coming, eating disorders that are coming more to the forefront. Um, mm. One is around in the weightlifting space, I'm not sure what it's called, but that's receiving more more research. But the three main ones are anorexia, bulimia, binge eating. And there's so, also, I guess, orthorexia is one that... Orthorexia, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's more within the fitness realm when I guess I had that when I did the fitness modelling. And it's yeah. like this obsession to be healthy. Yeah. And oh yeah, I shouldn't even say healthy. It is thin. It's not healthy. Um, and yeah, the pressure that goes around that. And I think as time goes on, there's more disorders that obviously right, like the things that never used to really exist, possibly, and that are coming to the forefront of people's mind. And then obviously, it takes time to do research to be able to support that. So, and yeah, mine I think- was dance. I came from a bit dance background, so. Um, I can't talk for all dancers, but this was just my experience. Um, we were physically, I, I remember having a teacher like pull my hair if I wasn't 
um, standing up straight or, or if mm. I'd gained weight or my mum had put like a treat in my lunchbox, she would take it. Um, I still remember it. Isn't that bizarre? Like a Twix. My mum put a tw- wow. Twix as a, as a treat and she took it. And um, <gasps> one of her things was she'd p- pull your hair. So, Oh, my God, that gives me chills. I know. Um, so and, and then also being a dancer and being um, a young adult and my body naturally wanting to progress into a, a woman's body, it was, um, and being, well, I guess now I've allowed my body to develop curvy, mm. um, that the eating disorder was an attempt to try and stop that mm. progression from a child's body, which mm. I had to a woman's. Um, and when I'm working with people with an eating disorder, because I'm trained in psychodynamic psychotherapy, which is really bringing what's going on in someone's unconscious through to the forefront of their conscious mind. I'm mm. looking at that, like, what are you potentially trying to, from, I guess in my case, stop? Mm. And I was trying mm-hmm. to stop development, but I had no conscious awareness of that. I was mm-hmm. a teenager. I couldn't say that. I couldn't verbalise yeah. that. I just yeah. didn't want this woman pulling my hair. Oh, gosh. It's just so fascinating, isn't it, as well? And obviously you see it in a whole different light. But that's, yeah, that sense of control. And obviously everyone's, uh, uh, I guess, true. Like for me, it was not being able to help a family member that was unwell. And that was a control yeah. for me, which is completely different to your story. Yeah. Um, but we have control in, mm. in, in theme. Yeah. And in, I, in common. We're both, you know, very driven, high achiever um, types of people, <laughs> women, um, which can serve us in a lot of ways. But then again, when it's paired with that control, Mm-hmm. due to the loss of control mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting to kind of see how it it rolls out with and... psychodynamic psychotherapy it's also teaching that like that's beautiful like there's there's some of your like most beautiful traits but mm. it's just to bring awareness to the light and the shadow mm. of those mm-hmm. traits so that's... you have you actually have control because you can see say your perfectionism start to ramp up and you consciously turn the volume down on it Mm. it is like yeah that volume analogy is so apt and something I've carried with me for years because as you said like with an eating disorder it's it's continual management I mean you can be recovered but there's things that come up and you can go okay I'm noticing that I'm thinking like this um but having the ability to act upon that and then nurture yourself back to a nourishing place opposed to self-destructive yeah. mm-hmm. um, is a continual thing. And I'm not, you know, it's something that we have to continually work on. Um, and that's and where have, psychology helps a lot. And just having the cookie. Oh, like, gosh. Have the goddamn yeah. Like, yes. I was with yep. a friend yesterday. I saw this cookie. Honestly, it was so good. It was the best looking cookie. And oh. I was like, no, just get the, just get the coffee. We yeah. don't need a cookie. Yeah, we sat down. And I was still thinking about this cookie, and I was like, "Just get the goddamn cookie." Yeah. So I went and got yeah. the cookie. Yes. And how much better is that for your soul as well, rather than thinking and going through those loops of like, "Oh, should I get it? Should I not? Should I get it? Should I not?" 
Like it's I just think powerful. It <laughs> from a place of self-love, mm. just get the cookie. Yeah, and then exactly. love love yourself after you have the cookie. Absolutely, I um I touched on like in my la- in the last podcast about like if you really love an almond croissant, like make a beautiful ritual yeah. out of that. Go and catch up with a friend, sit in the sunshine, like use that as a practice. That's a ritual, like and create a safe space around foods like that that could potentially be a trigger or rather than having this fear. Yeah. Um, that's just surrounded by any foods like that. And, yeah, I think food is there to be celebrated. Like if you're with a friend, you're having a morning coffee, that's like my favourite part of the day. Mm-hmm. Like celebrate that. Life is so short. Mm-hmm. Um, those little moments of yeah, you know, pure bliss, that will set you up for an amazing day. So it's medicine in itself in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like do you see – like across the board with your patients that are um, suffering with an eating disorder or, you know, have in the past, is there like a set of um, characteristics, I guess, personality traits that are quite common um, in that group of people? Uh, Yes and no, but ultimately I think it it can impact anyone Mm. and everyone and regardless of age or gender, um, I guess um, males can be really overlooked in this space as well. Yes, big time, yeah. Um, That's something I'd want to touch on a bit more later on, but it is, and I've witnessed it as well firsthand, it's not talked about really. Yeah, the pressure, you know, actually I guess in line with the Barbie movie coming out, Mm. back in time of being a little girl, playing with my Barbies, so Barbie had a particular look and body Mm. so that kind of like set my social brain up with this Mm. standard Mm. Um, small waist and then Mm. curvy and long hair um last uh, when was that last year I just cut all my hair off to the bottom Mm. of my chin in liberation (laughs) it so suits you it's beautiful I was (laughs) just like I don't want to subscribe to this anymore yeah um but just same with the boys. Like when I saw my brother's GI GI Joes, yep. they had this puffed up. Yes. Um, I've never thought about it like that. My brother had an action man. Yeah, was an like action big, man. Bulky. Yeah. So it's I really feel that like strongly impact little girls and little boys who were socialised mm. that that is the ideal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really interesting now. I guess as you're older, looking back on these oh, these things that you grew up with, and it's so mm. I guess it's in your subconscious that you're not even aware uh-huh. that you're surrounding yourself day by day by these things. And and that's why I really love now with kids' movies is they're putting yep. there's so much like psychology. I guess that they've infused into it to kind of yep. shift that, which is incredible. Um, I think about the impact that that has on so many lives. Like it's huge. Mm-hmm. You underestimate the power of our media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, it still has a long way to go, but mm-hmm. it's, um, again, it's having these conversations, right? And I think even just like for me, I always clearly remember I said to my mum, oh, mum, you never have to worry about me. I'll never have an eating disorder because mm-hmm. I always loved food. And again, it was not about the food one bit. It was all yeah. the other traumatic things that were happening in my life at that time. 
Um, And that, again, we need to eat to survive. So that's like the one thing that you can control. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I guess in my case how it manifested. Um, But do you think there's like any, would you say any groups of the population um, that have been more prone to eating disorders, um, socioeconomic factors? I think if someone has lived through trauma, so I mentioned Mm. my dense background and you mentioned um, having a family member that was sick, Um, there's probably many other traumas that you and I haven't mentioned, um, but Mm. we do know about uh, each other. And so unfortunately, um, it, the tendency I see is someone who has had the past um, mm. and they developed an eating disorder as a way to have some kind of control over the direction of their lives. Mm. Maybe they were, um, you know, maybe they live in an environment where they don't feel a lot of perceived control, but that is something that no one can take mm. um, from them. The mm. other thing psychodynamically is it's, it's, this is going to sound really quite, might sound bizarre, but it can be when you've come from a trauma background and you've survived on so little in terms of emotional nourishment, Mm -hmm. it can be almost this way of like, see, I can survive on so little. It's, I don't even need food and I can survive. I don't even need sleep and I can survive. Wow, I've never, ever heard of that before. That is, wow, that's really fascinating. I guess my way, um, so I'm a main, one of the main referrals for EDQ and um, I, I work with eating disorders in a, in a different way because of that psychodynamic psychotherapy mm. training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only offered, I don't even know if it is anymore, at QUT and, and um, wow. Nash in Melbourne. So otherwise, um, the the other mainstream training is looking at eating disorders in terms of more symptoms and and belief systems. But I I think it is so wow, important. It's so to, much more complex than that. So much more <laughs> complex. And it's often I don't know if you ever heard this, but often people think that would well, why don't you just eat? Oh, I cannot stand when people say that. It's just such an uneducated, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, statement because anyone that says that is completely oblivious. It's like even mm-hmm. with overweight people. And again, mm-hmm. if you're overweight or obese, that can also be an eating disorder. It doesn't Absolutely. discriminate for being thin. Or you could look at someone and they could be, you know, quote unquote, healthy, uh-huh. normal. Yep. And have an eating disorder. And that's so, in terms of psychodynamics, how I've always looked at it is with anorexia, you, you have strong emotions, you do not know how to regulate them, you try and starve them out. So, oh, when no. I'm starving, I can concentrate on my feelings of hunger and pain, and that will oh move me away from my emotions. And yeah. when I'm overfeeding my body, it's because my pain hole is a two-litre bucket of ice cream. It's that big. 
and I'm trying mm. to fill it up so I can concentrate mm. on feeling that hole and those feelings and not the real feelings. I'm stuffing. That starving, that's really interesting because I, I didn't, but mm. anorexia nervosa, I should say, because anorexia is just um, loss of appetite. But that's because mine was more like numbing. Or even if yeah. I would, with exercise, it was numbing. I didn't yeah. want to feel it. You know, it was just, again, distracting from the other pain in my life. I would cause my yeah. body, I guess, quote unquote, good pain <laughs> um, yeah. through exercise to not feel, yeah, the other deep pain. Mm-hmm. Um, in my life so again for someone to say to someone just eat or just stop eating is Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) they've got absolutely no idea and Mm -mm. I think also the other thing I'd love to touch on is you know for you being a single mother an an incredible one at that um I should say solo mama yeah (laughs) In the space of, um, I guess, you know, after giving birth to a child and your body changing and there's so much pressure, you mm-hmm. know, again, fed by the media for women to, mm-hmm. they've just gone for the mo- through the most womanly experience a woman can go through to then almost bounce back into a child's yep. body as yep. seen in celebrities. And then the yep. extreme method- measures that they go through, like, is that something, something that you... Uh, Mm -hmm. I see more of in this day and age absolutely because what you mentioned um, at the start with the pressure of social media um, in particular so when I was younger it was more magazines but now we can compare Mm. ourselves all day every day yeah (laughs) all day every day um, with a swipe so it's yeah seeing other mums just seemingly to, to bounce back and um, it's just it's already hard and, and then it just mm. adds this pressure um, that's not Sorry. fair like you just created human life um, and never mind to restore like I look at it obviously with my nutrition lens and go the body has just been, has mm-hmm. just birthed a human mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of the energy that has gone on so many levels to, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. And yeah. you need to replenish that stores. You do not need to be in a place of deprivation. That is the one yeah. time, if any time in your life, that deprivation is, it shouldn't be on your radar one bit, in my opinion. And I know that that's easy to say from the outside, mm-hmm. but it's about replenishing the body mm-hmm. um, on all levels, you know, mm-hmm. on a spiritual, emotional, physical um, level. And, again, then to compare yourself to these other people who have completely different mm-hmm. paths to you or support network or, oh, it just breaks my heart. that, that Or metabolism or... Absolutely. How the health issues, like you don't know yep. what happens to your thyroid... Yeah. In that process, you know, everything takes a massive toll. And the more you deprive yourself, the longer it's going to get back to a state of health mm-hmm. and the further you actually drive yourself away from your true health goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's still a lot of work to be done out there. Mm-hmm. 
which I definitely think when I'm a mother, I'll probably be able to step into more mm. because it's like anything, right? When you've gone through, through something personally, you can see kind of where the gaps lie as well. Yeah. And relate to people on that level, which again, in your work has, you know, been able to serve so many. Um, and so I think it's, again, like as humans, you know, we go through these different stages of our life and then being able to kind of share our own lessons paired mm. with our academic knowledge and practical experience with the clinic is is so powerful it's like this constant kind of state of learning and growing yeah. yourself and sharing that knowledge with others absolutely and you know I think my daughter's name's Willow like having Willow has been healing in mm. in that regard that could have ever happened I think I probably would have been 10 years away from that level of healing that Mm, I really thought she loves the good thing. She's so Mm. confident. She loves the good things in life. She loves her food. Um, Her body is just beautiful and and strong. And um, I just didn't want to model unhealthy Mm. eating practices to her. And that food is actually something that we, we love and we share and we do together and I really wanted eating and enjoyment um Mm. so I've learned to do those things and don't ever want to go backwards and subsequently my body has changed Um, Mm. and I'm really learning to embrace that I think this is what it was meant to look like Mm. all along because it's a woman. Because it's a woman. Yeah. And it's not a child. And mm-hmm. I think I can see that now as, you know, the, the ideal that you're striving for is what I was when I was 14 years old. Mm. Before I had, I think before I just got my period. So the fact that I would even, that just is so backwards in my mind. Like it just doesn't add up. But I think for you with Willow, what a gift to be able to raise a child and share all of that wisdom like that mm-hmm. is just the most magical thing and I I cannot wait for that stage of my life in terms of even just with food and the, the role mm-hmm. of food plays and I mean I it's just simple things that you go back to in your childhood like I always say my mum when we had Halloween like people come knocking on our door and she would at literally only have apples like we had no junk food in the house like people like would be like oh don't go to Laura's house like mum mum only has fruit <laughs> like it's like those little things that like I take for granted I took for granted at the time I look back and go oh my gosh my mum made everything from scratch like she taught us you know amazing mm. skills in the kitchen and you know again had nothing <laughs> my industry had nothing to do with food but I think it's just like those that that time in your life and as you know from your study and training and is such a powerful time yeah because those things stay and they carry Mm -hmm. they stay with you good or bad they really do and the importance of treats it's Mm. important to like treat ourselves with what you know i'm i'm a sucker for potato chips like oh i love chips yeah (laughs) well i have like i have chocolate every day because I know that if I deprive myself, I'm yep. just going to 
want it even more and it's yeah. not a state that I want to live in so yeah so why can't yeah. why why can't we why can't totally. we treat ourselves Absolutely. every day yep and I do and I'm yeah I'm so fine with that and that's helped me hugely so again it's looking after the soul right it's just having that holistic kind of um perceptive on yeah. our health and is everything and I'll definitely make a you know the chips I have have they're what are they poppers poppers crisps poppers crisps shout out to them but um they're so like they're just cooked in good oils they're flavored with like paprika Uh oh my god so yeah you know I'm not like I'll I won't deprive myself of all the things that I love and then I'll just find you know a version that is isn't filled with all the um, other crap yeah because I want to put loving things into my body yeah and I think it comes back to we've touched on um, previous episodes but it's like that spiritual connection that respect that you have for your body you're doing it Mm -hmm. again out of love and not out of uh, punishment or deprivation or and we're so fortunate these days there's so many amazing options out there yeah that it's it's so like just in the last 10 years like our food has shifted greatly so like I was having these Tyrrells I think it is and they do um I got onto them in Sydney and they do I never was a potato chip fan like I I like those ones they're the best cheese ones are amazing oh they are so good and they're like seven dollars $8 a pack but I will buy them because they're so yum but no. it's like things like that. It's like, oh, they're cooked in avocado oil and like yes. canola oil. I don't want to put canola oil into my body, so I'm not going to because, yeah, yeah I just choose not to. I mean, if I'm eating out at a restaurant, you know, you don't know what – and that's completely yeah. different. That's a part of an experience. But, yeah, I think it comes back to just nourishing yourself and mm-hmm. putting good things into your body without labels, really. It's just like, what do I feel like and what's the best option? Yeah. Yeah, available. 100%. Yeah. Um, so when someone first identifies their behavior around food and movement that isn't balanced, um, like how do you support them when they come into clinic? Just, I guess first helping them make sense of why, you know, we're not, it's not what's wrong with you. It's really what happened to you. Mm -hmm. So that is first and foremost. So rather than, you know, getting locked into a label straight away and going heavy into diagnosis um, and taking that tactic, it's really, okay, let's work together to try and make sense of what got you here, Mm -hmm. what led to this. And then together we can, I've always looked at it as like a knot. So then we can try and like, help each other to undo the knot to get back Mm. to who are you and and Mm -hmm. and where where do you want to go with this is is this something you want to hold on to or is this something you want to find a find a different way forward and it's also like I guess from the words you just said then it's giving them the choice in that moment it's not you're not telling them to do this is what you need to do. Like I think some practitioners in other modalities as well can be like, well, you want this outcome, so you need to do this. And anyone in that state will be like, 
no, I, and you feel constricted and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. What you're telling me to do, like it's working with the client to go, these are our options. Yeah. And what would you like to do to achieve, you know, yeah, whatever it may be. And I think that's um, potentially, I guess, to bring light to that because anyone in the eating disorder, they don't want it. That's that they're holding onto and that's their safe place. Yeah. And for someone to take that away from them so suddenly yeah. is just too confronting and they just can't go there I think we like as practitioners you know it's so important we keep our humanness at the forefront of our mind and we all have vices because we're all Mm. humans and I've always looked at it as that is someone's life um one of those circle things of you're in trouble like you throw it out a boy. Um, I was going to say, someone. yeah, I was going to say lifeboat, but. <laughs> lifeboat. Yeah, no, boy. Not as big. <laughs> so it's, it's their life boy. Like that's what's keeping them afloat. Mm. So if you just say, no, you need to be eating four meals a day. You need blah, blah, blah. And you start taking over. It's like you taking their life boy away. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so rather than let me understand your boy and mm-hmm. why is the boy so important for you how is it mm-hmm. keeping you afloat what are your fears mm-hmm. if if it is taken away mm-hmm. um what does it feel like if someone tries to you know impose and, and take it away yeah I think it's and I guess that analogy can also be used across addiction yeah again 100% an eating disorder and this isn't my point of view. I'm sure you have a more clinical approach, but it's it's a it's an addiction because it was like mm-hmm. you know food can be addictive, just like alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, and whatnot. Um, stress state, like you're holding on. That's your boy, as you said. It's such a beautiful mm-hmm. analogy. It's like, what does that boy feel like? How does it make you feel? Like getting really curious, opposed to judgmental. Um, and, and remembering that people have developed these disorders often for, uh, for because their needs of control have been violated. So mm. if you walk in trying to control, you're another parent in their life or you're another dance teacher. Mm. Like you're not They're working just shut down. with them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's again, it's I invoking just, that trauma. And I don't think that's respectful. Mm. I don't think that's meeting someone where they're at and also looking at looking at them as capable that they mm-hmm. did develop a coping mechanism that has kept them alive mm-hmm. but now they're here because maybe some part of them wants to find a different coping mechanism that's more healthy mm. you know wants to find a different version of potato chip that's more healthy yeah. for their body yeah and I think that's the power of working with a practitioner and psychologist like yourself because a parent or a friend or a teacher or whatever it may be hasn't had the training to be able to yeah. Yeah. approach yeah. the situation and they can confide in you and support you and, and not to say they still can't play an amazing part in your recovery, mm. but it's really working with a psychologist that you gel with um, to guide you through that step-by-step process um, in a safe, supported space. Um I know for me that was everything. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it holds so much value. Um, and I guess touching on that, like we have some listeners that they're either supporting someone going through an eating disorder or their child is experiencing one. What what advice would you give 
would you give them? Um, and kind of first steps as well, if they've identified from the outside and they don't know how to approach it, um, yeah, what, what support would you offer them? Rabina and um, at the Gold Coast, and I've heard really great things about that centre and that program. My um, uh, company, Kobe Allison Psychology, so <coughs> I work from a psychodynamic, psychodynamic, um, psychodynamic psychotherapy perspective, um, and I also bring in radical, the idea of radical acceptance in order to help people living with an eating disorder or help a parent or a partner in how they support someone with an eating disorder. Um, my other special interests are personality disorders, complex trauma and parenting and Modern Minds. So Modern Minds is, is um, a company that I developed uh, to provide a mental health platform that offers online therapy and in-person services and we have a group of holistic practitioners there to help people um, from all their different perspectives who are who are living with an eating disorder or other other mental health issues that they're facing. So good. So just to make sure, um, if you're not ready to follow Kobe um, on Instagram at Kobe Ellison Psychology, and then Modern Minds is at modernminds.com.au um, to keep up to date with all of her goodness over there. Um, and I guess to wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to touch on that we haven't covered? Um, yeah, or does that kind of sum up what you'd intended for this podcast? Yeah, I think maybe just lastly, if you're, it can, I guess to touch on the shame that can come up mm. when living with an eating disorder and, you know, once upon a time I couldn't talk about this. Um, yeah, yeah, me either. Especially so openly mm. um, and especially, to be honest, being a therapist, I'd, mm. I'd be in fear that I'm going to be crucified for being honest. Um, so I I think checking with that person how they're feeling in terms of any shame or guilt or uh, embarrassment, any of those feelings that might be be there and and allow those feelings to take up space Um, because when shame is spoken about, it's actually that's when it can dissipate. Mm. Um, And asking who who does that person want involved in their treatment plan? So... Often, uh, especially with eating disorders, you know, there is, and, and it's, a, it's a good initiative. There's an initiative to have the family um, involved. But if this young person has developed this because of the, the mm. environment that they're, they're living in, that's maybe not always the most helpful. So really checking in with that person. Who do you want involved in your mm. treatment? Mm-hmm. Who who is who are the people that you feel safe with that you can bring things up, show your real self, and um, not feel so ashamed? Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful to give them. Yeah, create that safe space and power, I guess, to make their own decisions rather than being told. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know this will be the first of many chats with you and um, we've got lots of exciting things in the works. So, yeah, thank you again for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom. Um, yeah, it's much appreciated and to have a professional like you um, a part of us is means the world. So big, big thank you. Well, thank you for being you. You are just incredible and thank you I think it's just important to surround yourself with other people who want to make the world brighter Mm. oh big time and want to make each other brighter you know you just yes don't someone else's light to stand out you just have to be yourself um I think we we you know we do have a friendship and we it's just it's something that is key to our friendship is that we do encourage each other's light to just shine brighter, shine its brightest. Mm-hmm. And it's it provides such a level of um, safety that's rare and I wish mm. got to experience that. Mm, and I think it's the power of collaboration, right? It's when you, mm-hmm. you share that message with someone and, and this in this space it's quite rare. Yep as well um and have a genuine passion to Mm. help other people so yeah stay tuned stay tuned yeah we we have exciting things we do we do so good i can't wait can't wait (laughs) all righty well i'll leave you to it have a beautiful day and um yeah we'll chat on here again soon Okay. I'll talk to you by by text in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Bye. Bye. For anyone that's suffering from an eating disorder, please know that you are not alone. Modern Minds provides a holistic approach to eating disorder recovery via modern mental health care. With this being said, please do not hesitate to contact Kobe via a DM or via her website. The easiest way to get in touch is via Instagram, which is at modernminds.com.au or at Kobe Ellison Psychology, and this will help you take the first step. We apologize for some of the audio again in this episode. Uh, it's the joys of living so far apart from one another, but we um, are so grateful that we can have these conversations and I mean, for us, we're taking out any perfectionism um, and wanting to share this information with you um, in a really real and authentic way. So thanks for your patience while you're continuing practicing and kind of going on this journey of podcasting. Um, But our mission remains the same. And we just hope that you can just pull a few little gems from this episode and it will help you take that first step or support someone that's going through a similar thing right now. Anyway, sending you so much love. Please don't hesitate to contact us on Instagram at Let's Undiet. Um, and we'd love to hear from you to make sure that we can continue to support you and you can get the most from us as well. Have a beautiful week ahead and we'll chat soon. Bye.